everyone, this is Mike Linstead, president and co-founder of the Nehemiah Project, and you are listening to the Nehemiah Project podcast, where we replace hopelessness with hope. Well, here we go again, Pastor Chad. Here we are, doing another nice little snippet, helping us to know why wisdom matters. Why does it matter? Why does it matter? Why not just be foolish and enjoy this life? Because tomorrow we die. Right? That's the, that's the question that we're going to answer today. Yeah. That is uh, ultimately what the author of the book of Ecclesiastes, which is the book that we have been studying in this mm. series called What is the Purpose of Life? Answers. He is talking about that very thing. Wisdom is better than folly. It is better to be wise, and we're going to define what wisdom we're talking about, than to be foolish. And so... If you have been following along in our podcast series uh, for any time now, you know that where we are currently in the book of Ecclesiastes, we are in chapter 9. We're going to be reading verses 11 through 18 today. And that is found within a larger section known as his conclusions. Solomon has been walking through his own experiences throughout his life. He's been pontificating on all of the various things that he has done in his life and that he has found to result in vanity, to result in uh, this unsatisfactory feeling, this realization that everything he has accomplished in life is all for naught. Yeah. It's interesting. Nothing is neutral in this world. Mm -hmm. Everything is created by God and, and is either used for his glory or for evil yeah you know um so even like things like money money's not neutral it's a tool to be utilized sex is created by god and in the right context of marriage it's used to glorify god or it can be used obviously to to do evil and destroy you know nations and destroy families and everything else Mm. um and so in this life the things of this life are Worthless unless they're utilized to glorify God. And the only way to glorify God is to fear the Lord. And the fear of the Lord, Proverbs 1-7, is the beginning of knowledge that we mm. begin to even know or have wisdom based upon fear of, of God. And it's the relationship with God that leads to eternal life. Yeah. So it's important that we have wisdom so that we can utilize the created things in order to glorify God and ultimately have a relationship with God that leads to eternal life. Yeah, so let's get into our section today. We're going to be looking at chapter 9, like I said, starting at verse 11, and we're going to be ending at verse 18. Chad, why don't I read uh, four verses and you read four verses? Alrighty. Here we go. Verse 11 says, Again, I saw that under the sun the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to the intelligent, nor favor to those with knowledge, but time and chance happen to them all. For man does not know his time, like fish that are taken in an evil net, and like birds that are caught in a snare. So the children of man are snared at an evil time, when it suddenly falls upon them. I have also seen this example of wisdom under the sun, and it seemed great to me. There was a little city with a few men in it, and a great king came against it and besieged it, building great siege works against it. 
But there was found in it a poor wise man, and he by his wisdom delivered the city. Yet no one remembered that poor man. But I say that wisdom is better than might, though the poor man's wisdom is despised and his words are not heard. The words of the wise heard in quiet are better than the shouting of a ruler among fools. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. Mm, so true. So true. So just a couple of review items. Again, Solomon has been investigating really three primary topics. He's been investigating pleasure-seeking. Mm-hmm. He's been investigating wisdom and folly. And he's been investigating labor and rewards. Pleasure-seeking, wisdom and folly, and labor and rewards. And, of course, today we are looking at the wisdom and folly. And, you know, Chad, I love how he kind of opens up this small section here with the word again. You know, he's not really making any new points. And even in his section titled The Conclusions, he's really just coming back around to this again. he's circling. Yeah, he's emphasizing, Mm -hmm. right? One of the major themes in the book of Ecclesiastes is God's sovereignty, it's God's sovereignty. Um, it's evidenced in a lot of different statements, but I think kind of one of the you know more uh, poignant statements that he says here in chapter 2, verse 24, he says, There is nothing better for a person than that he should eat and drink and find enjoyment in all of his toil. This also I saw is from the hand of God. For apart from him, who can eat and who can have enjoyment? So even just something as sort of uh, simple as even enjoying something, Mm -hmm. right? Truly being content, in other words, like that comes from God. Like true contentment cannot be found outside of God giving that to somebody. Mm -hmm. Um, And so getting back to our text here, he just opens up with all these different examples that really go to illustrate that no matter how hard you may prepare for something, no matter how intelligent you are, no matter how strong you are, right? No matter how wise you are, uh, things are not going to turn out the way that yeah. you might think, right. right? And not even the way that you think that they should based on, yeah. you know, the inputs that you've been putting into mm-hmm. any given situation. Yeah, in verses 11 through 12 there, make it seem as if everything happens by chance. But as you mm-hmm. said, the it's in the context of the entire letter, which yeah. he's already explained the sovereignty of God. That's not what he's saying, but it almost seems as if he's writing from man's view. Yeah. Meaning, we know that God is sovereign, and so, and the Lord allows different things to come into our lives, but we don't know what those things are going to be. Mm. It's in the Lord's wisdom that he does this in order to sanctify his children and grow them into the image of his son and make them holy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but Solomon writes that first part of, like, it doesn't really matter how swift or the battle doesn't go the strong. Basically, it doesn't matter what you are. Stuff happens, and there's no control over it, and things right. just seem to happen by chance. I can give a pretty easy-to-understand example. You yeah. know, one of my one of my friends, um, he told me about, I think it was his uncle, who was like an endurance-on kind of, you know, runner, like, you know, ran these major marathons, did like triathlons, mm. ate super good, was like, you know, really fit, right? And he ended up dying of cancer. You know, it's like, we would have thought like, no, all those inputs should produce a certain output, right? Right. I mean, that guy of all people shouldn't have died of cancer, right? right? He should have lived an old, 
healthy, happy life. But like Solomon says here, time and chance happen mm. to all, right? right? Now, I have to admit, I don't know the Hebrew word for chance there, but that right. would be an interesting study just to see like what yeah. that Hebrew word actually is. Yeah. But I think the point is pretty clear. We are not in control. Yep. We do not know the time of our death. Mm-hmm. And so like Solomon has said, and like we have reiterated in past episodes, we would just do well to prepare for death. Yeah. Meaning we would do well to handle the sin problem that we all have. Meaning we would do well to put our faith in the only one who can handle the sin problem that we all have, i.e. Jesus Christ. But getting back to the text, in the next section, verses 13 through 16 here, it says that there was a little city with a few men in it. And a great king came against it and besieged it, building great siege siege works against it. But there was found in it a poor wise man, and he by his wisdom delivered the city. Yet nobody remembered that poor man. I'll stop there. Again, we see this great contrast that Solomon has brought up before in the book of Ecclesiastes. Specifically in chapter 4, verse 13, he says, Better was a poor and wise youth than an old and foolish king who no longer knew how to take advice, Mm. right? So maybe Solomon's drawing on that same example that he's got in his memory. And Chad, you had even said, I wonder if Solomon's talking about something that he did. Right, like was he the king and was there some wise man in one of the cities that he tried to take over? Yeah, that that may not have been reported in the biblical record or maybe it has I have right. to admit, again, I'm not I'm that not sure. well-versed with all of the old school like uh, chronicles and all those things. But uh, right. my memory, I can't, I can't remember any time of Solomon being defeated in war because the Bible tells us that he was at peace with all of his enemies while he was king. So I don't know, right? Right. But I think the point uh, still remains true that uh, wisdom is a very valuable commodity mm. in that sense. Let me read again from the book of Ecclesiastes in chapter 7. Verse 12, it says, For the protection of wisdom is like the protection of money, and the advantage of knowledge is that wisdom preserves the life of him who has it. Right? Mm-hmm. So that is a, an example of the fact that wisdom, uh, i.e. the fear of the Lord, is extremely valuable. But then he goes on to say this in verse 16, But I say that wisdom is better than might, though... The poor man's wisdom is despised and his words are not heard. So, you know, look, being wise, i.e. following God's word, is extremely valuable, both Mm. for the here and now Mm. and for the eternal life that is to come. But that does not mean that it's going to be exalted. That does not mean Mm -hmm. that it's going to be celebrated. That doesn't even mean it's going to be acknowledged. Yeah, the, the truth about being wise and doing the right thing is oftentimes you are going to be overlooked by the world because wisdom, the wisdom of God is contrary to the world's wisdom. Yes. And so since we live in a world structure that is primarily ruled and ran by Satan, even though the Lord's sovereignty is over that, mm-hmm. but the Lord has allowed him to do that, then the world is not going to celebrate yeah. the wisdom of God. Yeah. And so, yeah, the wisdom of the Lord is you know, good stewards and and give and, and love and love and all these things where yeah. you're not gonna be, you know, seeking the fame, the fortune, the notoriety, the power. 
Mm-hmm. You're just not going to do that. You're probably going to get overlooked. Right. I mean, in First John, it says <laughs> that if you love the world, you're at enmity with God. Just, you know, revealing the, yeah. the opposite directions, right? right. Uh, Paul instructs believers to not be yoked together with unbelievers because, mm-hmm. you know, a yoke would bind us both together. And since we're going in opposite directions, just, the endeavors aren't going to work. It's not going to yeah, be good in practice. Right. And then Jesus himself says in uh, the gospel, according to John, he basically says, like, look, uh, if the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. This is in verse 18 and 19 of chapter 15 of John. It says, if you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Mm-hmm. Right? So I think even the word choice back in Ecclesiastes in our text where Solomon says the poor man's wisdom is despised, and his words are not heard, I mean, that's a good word choice, right? It, it, mm. That wisdom is despised of the world, even though the outcome was deliverance from this great king that built great siege works around the city. Right. I mean, the outcome was inherently good. It was preserving mm. of life. It yeah. delivered the small city, right? Yeah, and it reminds me of you know Christ's uh, command to store up treasures in heaven, not yeah. on this earth, and things <clears throat> of that nature that... There is a reward for the wise, actually the greatest reward, yeah. which is inheriting eternal life and inheriting the kingdom of God and and being one of God's children, mm-hmm. but it's not going to play like that in this world. Yeah, and Ever. I think we should pr- probably marinate on that point for just a little bit. We should go a little bit deeper. We should go I to the also, hard attitudes. By the way, I also looked up the Hebrew word for chance there. Oh, what is it? In the verse. I don't know if it helps as much, but um, it's pagah. That's the phonics of it. P the way they wrote out the phonics is P H G A H, but it's like spelled completely different than that. <laughs> <clears throat> but it's it would be pronounced paga, and it it means occurrence, happening, chance. It's also used in other verses uh, for a chance meeting or encounter, mm. um, to come together in meeting by a chance. Yeah, that's the. That's the basic breakdown. So something that seems like on a human level that it shouldn't have happened or it's just totally random, right? Yeah, exactly. When in reality, we know that, I mean, look, I'll even just quote the word here in Ecclesiastes a couple pages back, verse 13 of chapter seven, consider the work of God. Who can make straight what he has made crooked, right? Which is mm-hmm. to say like, he's in control. Who can change what he's already set, you know? So those things that seem random to us but aren't actually random at all, we don't know when those things are going to happen. Yeah. Like we could prepare to the max. We could look at all the contingencies that could possibly happen, and yet God can overrule it all, and something completely mm. unknown could happen, sure. right? Um, so, so that's that word chance back in verse 11 that Chad was referring to. But kind of getting back to where mm. we were, verse 17 here says, the words of the wise heard in, a, in quiet are better than the shouting of a ruler amongst fools. Wisdom is better than weapons of war. I'll stop there. Mm. That's really just a conclusion or a summation of what he's already said in the little example that he gave. Mm-hmm. I mean, this great king that came against this little city with a few men in it, this, just think about the pomp of this king. I mean, he's like, oh, but this little city, will just destroy it. You know, no big deal, right? Yeah. But he didn't know that there was a poor wise man in that little city who was quite intelligent. And verse 18 tells us that that poor wise man's wisdom was better than the weapons of war that that great king, who maybe couldn't take good advice, 
<laughs> King, I don't know if you know about that city over there. There's a wise man that lives over there. I don't think we should take it. What are you talking about? There's a couple people over there. Right. My horse could trample over that city. I don't know. Do you know the person? No, 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 no. Get this guy out of here. He doesn't know what he's talking about, right? Right. And then that king got sent home with his tail between his legs. <laughs> That's right. Because he didn't know. He didn't know who was living in that city, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't want to read the cross into this, but I'm going to read the cross into this, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. even the, the wisdom of God, look, is is wiser than the, the wisdom of men, you know? Or, or no, the foolishness yeah. of God, I should say, is wiser than the wisdom of men. And so Satan, yeah. the adversary, thought, that on the cross, he was killing the Son of God. Mm-hmm. But he didn't know who Jesus was, and he didn't know the plan that God had. Yeah, it's tough not to read that story and not think about how Christ comes as this humble, yeah. kind of no-name, son of a carpenter, you know, riding in on a donkey for the triumphal entry. Yeah, yeah. Dies on the cross, and he's the king of the universe. Yep. He defeats everything. And the proud ruler... In terms of Satan in this in this life, thinking mm-hmm. that he could overturn what God had set before him, you know, it's it is interesting looking at it on hindsight how yeah. arrogant Satan must have must be, and mm-hmm. we know he is. You know, he's the father of lies mm-hmm. and, and pride and arrogance. But yeah, it's it's we you know Solomon's probably not writing specifically about Jesus here, but the parallels are definitely there. They're definitely there, but I think. What Solomon says here in these last five words cannot be just left. We have to say something about it. He says, wisdom is better than the weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. Mm-hmm. I mean, and there's a lot of life lessons in that right there. Oh, yeah. I mean, let's, let's just think about integrity. Let's just start with Adam and Eve. <laughs> right. One, one sinful choice oh, destroys Everything good Everything. that God had created. <laughs> yeah, God saw his creation. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. Here comes one decision, boom. But in the practical sense, yeah, I mean, one sinful act destroys a family. One sinful, you know. Yeah, just go down the list. Just go down the list. Yeah, well, I mean, one stupid decision can ruin your life. Mm-hmm. One stupid decision can alter your life and the lives of many other people mm-hmm. for the rest of the life that you have been given mm-hmm. on this earth. So conclusion is this. It is better to be wise than to be foolish. And you might, you say, Mike, duh, right? But, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. People are not rational creatures. We don't act rational all the time. What I'm trying to say is, is that, yes, the principle is quite obvious, but in practice, it doesn't seem to always happen. The great king here in our story should could have easily just bypassed the city and saved himself treasure and saved himself <laughs> being mocked mm-hmm. for not being able to destroy this one little city, right? But he didn't. But he didn't. He didn't. Right? So we have to understand that even though uh, a decision seems small, it's not. It doesn't always turn out that way. And even though you may put all of your energy into making sure that you have done everything right, that does not mean that you will receive the outcome that you've planned so hard for, mm-hmm. right? Because God is ultimately in control. And like Solomon says here, time and chance happen to all people. For man does not know his time. Like fish mm-hmm. that are taken in an evil net and like birds that are caught in a snare, so the children of man are snared 
at an evil time when it suddenly falls right. upon them. There are only two guarantees. Two things you can bank on. One, you will die. And two, you will either go to heaven or hell. Those are the two guarantees. So the greatest question you can wrestle with when it comes to wisdom is what do I believe about how to get to heaven? What is, and where do I find that answer? And we would commend to you that it's found in the scriptures and the gospels and it's through submitting to Christ as Lord. Amen. That's how you get there. Amen. We thank you all for listening to another episode of the Nehemiah Project Podcast. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Nehemiah Project Podcast. For more resources about addiction recovery, suicide prevention, and overcoming other life-controlling issues, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram and visit our website, tnproject.org. If you or someone you love is struggling, don't hesitate to reach out to us by calling 985-205-3022.